Welcome back to another episode of Fallen Badge. Today's episode is going to be the murder of Lieutenant Billy Lance Jr., South Haven, Mississippi Police Department. Now, the two desperados that we're going to be talking about, it's a Lawrence Kirby Payne and his girlfriend, Susie Ann Balfour. Now, they enjoyed robbing convenience stores. And they were hitting them there in North Mississippi. Olive Branch. Holly Springs, and then South Haven. So their first robbery is October 4, 1988. They hit Mill Service Station, gas station there in Olive Branch. Now the M.O. was pretty well the same in every one of these. female would come into the store which was Balfour she usually had a shower cap over her head over her hair she'd go back to the cooler get her a Pepsi Cola come up to the counter and set it there and as soon as the clerk rang it up and the register opened up she would hose the clerk down with pepper spray and then while the clerk was gouging at their eyes trying to get them clear of the chemicals she would pull the cash drawer out and leave with it and take the Pepsi with her as well October 6 they're down in Holly Springs that's down in Marshall County and they hit the Junior Food Mart same M.O. And then their final robbery, October 7, 1988. They hit the Circle K there on state line. Now their mode of transportation was a white Toyota Corolla 80s model. And also now Old Lawrence, just so he could prove that he was a bad man now, he had a thirty-eight caliber revolver that he kept in the car with him. That's the early morning hours, October the 7th. And this is going to be the Circle K robbery, South Haven. Pile 4 Walked into the Circle K, went to the back cooler, got a 16-ounce Pepsi, came up to the front counter, gave the clerk 80 cents, and when he opened up that register, she hosed him down with some Tasty Freeze. 
and while he's grabbing at his eyes and trying to stagger over to the sink. She picks up the cast drawer in one hand and her Pepsi in the other and she walks out the door. The clerk ran over and got on the phone, called the police, told him he'd just been robbed. Now he's looking out the front windows of the Circle K and he says he sees those tail lights of a car that just left the lot and it's heading eastbound on State Line Road. Now when they get to that first intersection there, which is State Line Road and Sweeney, Lawrence, who's driving, he hangs a right and they go southbound on Sweeney. Now later on, Balfour, she would say that she told Lawrence to take her to Memphis to her mama's place. Well, going southbound on Sweeney from State Line Road ain't going to get you to Memphis. Now, South Haven police officer John Reynolds, he makes the scene of the robbery. He evidently got there fairly quick. Now, at the time of this event, they don't have but two police officers riding at night in South Haven. And they got a lieutenant. And the lieutenant's Billy Lance. So, one of only two officers working that night, midnight shift, he makes the scene. So, Officer Reynolds, he takes the report and he puts out a broadcast on the suspects and on the vehicle. Now at the time of this event, South Haven police officers had to carry a miniature tape recorder in their pockets and they were required to record all interactions with citizens. Now I've listened to that tape from the time Officer Reynolds is getting the information on the, the vehicle and the suspects all the way up till he makes the scene with Lieutenant Lance. Now evidently, Lawrence Payne, who's driving, he must not have been too big of a hurry because now after he's taken that right-hand turn on Sweeney and gone southbound, He's only gotten as far as Goodman Road, and he hangs another right on the Goodman off Sweeney. So now he's heading back westbound. And the broadcast is already out. Because Lieutenant Lance is coming up on him in a hurry. Well, now Payne is driving westbound on Goodman from Sweeney. Lieutenant Lance gotten in behind him and hit him with the blue lights. Now, I don't know 
which direction Lieutenant Lance was coming at the time. I figure he's probably kind of heading up towards State Line Road. So I'm thinking that maybe he was coming north on Sweeney. Heck, he might even been sitting there at that intersection just waiting to see what came through. Either way, he gets in behind Payne and Balfour. Payne pulls over on Goodman Road right there at the cross street with Flower Creek Drive. Some of this information is going to come from Balfour's statement and some of it from Payne's statement later given to the police. The other is going to be from my recollection of the information Lieutenant Lance put out over the radio during the stop. I remember you got Officer Reynolds at the robbery scene. You got a second officer. I don't even know where she's at. She doesn't ever show up. And then you got Lieutenant Lance. On this night, Lieutenant Lance ain't got but one officer to come help him that's in the immediate area. Any other help he's going to get is going to have to come from some other agency, DeSoto County Sheriff's Department, or whoever's got a badge and a gun at 3 o'clock in the morning. According to Balfour, Payne tells her to get rid of that stuff. Now, it's talking about the pepper spray and the pistol. And Balfour argues with him allegedly and says, well, if I throw it out, he's going to see it. Payne says, throw it out. So now the car stopped and she throws this the pepper spray. There's actually two cans. She throws them out past her side window. Now, according to her, she threw the gun out too, right by the car. Now, Kirby got out of the car and he walked back towards the lieutenant. And then he came back to the car and opened the door and he's telling Lieutenant Lance he needs to get his license. Now according to Balfour, Lieutenant Lance says, I don't want to see your license. Now Balfour says that Payne doesn't have a driver's license. He's just stalling. She says when he leans back in the car, he tells her get the gun 
and to shoot the officer. File four, she says she gets out of the car and she asks Lieutenant Lance what's going on. Lieutenant Lance tells her to get back in the car. Now, Balfour says she's kind of glancing over it. Pain, and pain allegedly is mouthing to her to get the gun and shoot the lieutenant, shoot the officer. Balfour says that Lieutenant Lance then unsnapped his holster. She got back in the car, and then she gets back out of the car, and Lieutenant Lance tells her to get back in the car. And then she tries to engage Lieutenant Lance in conversation. Now by this time, she's standing near the trunk of the Corolla. And Lieutenant's got pain there at the back of the Corolla. According to pain, he said that Lieutenant Lance had him by the right wrist, was going to handcuff him. Payne gets to struggling with him, kind of gets his arm loose. And then Lieutenant Lance gets Payne's left wrist and gets it up behind his back, enough so that Payne says, I was on my tiptoes. So now you got Lieutenant Lance. He's trying to get handcuffs on. Well, he gets that cuff on the left wrist. He has advised the dispatcher that he's got a vehicle stopped. In fact, he thinks it's the robbers. Because you got to remember now, this is about 3.15 in the morning in South Haven, Mississippi. Small town. So there's not a lot of, a lot of traffic out. So how many little white cars you're going to see out moving around. And the description given on the female is going to match up to what the broadcast says, according to Officer Reynolds. Now, Lieutenant Lance, he gets back on the radio and says he's got one resisting. And you can hear in his voice that he's getting concerned there about being by himself. Now, Officer Reynolds runs to the squad car, gets in it, and he's going to go down Greenbrook Parkway because it's pretty well a straightaway. There's a there's a kind of a bending curve in it, but it's a nice stretch of road if you're in a hurry. And Officer Reynolds, he's coming southbound, and you can hear that four-barrel kicking in because he is flat getting it now he gets down to the intersection of Greenbrook Parkway and Goodman and he says something on the radio and I don't remember what it was and then it's silence and then you hear several shots now those shots you're hearing that he hears What's happened is, according to Balfour's own statement, she leaned on the trunk of the 
Corolla. And she's got the gun. And again, I don't know if she really did throw it out and then recovered it up beside the car or if it was just still in the car and she had it. Either way, according to her, she pulled the pistol up fired one round. According to her, she then dropped the gun and got back in the front seat, put her head down. Now, Payne says that while he's struggling with the lieutenant, and the lieutenant's almost got that second cuff on, he heard a shot. So it strikes Lieutenant Lance in the lower right quadrant just above the belt I believe and he's still holding on to Payne's arm so when he's falling he's pulling Payne down with him and he loses his grip and then Payne takes off running northbound from the intersection north northwest now at about this time Lieutenant Lance He's able to get his pistol out and he cranks off rounds at pain. And that's the shots that Reynolds hears. He hears Balfour shooting the lieutenant and then he hears Lieutenant Lance firing at pain. And then Officer Reynolds is on the scene. And then Officer Reynolds chases pain just for a little bit probably a hundred yards or so and he turns around and he comes back to the car because he knows the lieutenant's down now one of lieutenant lance's shots it hit pain in the butt he's wearing blue jeans so it hit just above the rear pocket i don't know if it was left or right side So Payne's out in the dark running around and he's got a gunshot wound. Lieutenant Lance is down. Now, this is one of those sad uh, what-if moments. That Lieutenant Lance wasn't wearing a ballistic vest. Now, one of the South Haven officers told me that he'd asked Lieutenant Lance why he didn't wear Kevlar. And Lieutenant Lance had told him because it didn't make his uniform look as professional. Now, I don't know if the vest would stop the round or not because I, I do believe it, it hit Lieutenant Lance just above the belt line, so it may or may not have got his vest. But in any event, Lieutenant Lance is not bleeding a whole lot for the officers on the scene because you can hear this on the recording. There's officers have showed up from other jurisdictions and they comment on the fact he's not bleeding a lot, so that's a good thing. And they're trying to keep the lieutenant calm. But now that bullet has pierced his liver I do believe so Lieutenant Lance is bleeding out rapidly it's just not externally he's bleeding internally 
So they get an ambulance on the scene there for Lieutenant Lance. Now you hear the officers talking about maybe trying to get the medical wing down there, the helicopter. Anyways, they end up, they, and this crew puts the trauma trousers on the lieutenant and they take him to Baptist DeSoto, which is just three or four minutes away. And they get him in the ER, but they can't save the lieutenant. And they can't do anything about, about that wound and the damage it's done inside. So the lieutenant, he dies, and I don't know what time it was, but South Haven officers I talked to said he didn't, he didn't last very long once he got to the hospital. Now, four or five hours later, DeSoto County Sheriff's Department, they recover the white Corolla out on Center Hill Road, about a half mile north of Goodman Road. And I know you're probably wondering, well, how did the car leave the scene? Well, apparently when Officer Reynolds chasing the suspect, and according to Balfour's statement, she had raised back up, saw the officer running after the suspect, so she climbed over in the driver's side and she drove off in the car. She did this evidently prior to the arrival of the other officers. Now, they get crime scene out there and they recover the two cans of pepper spray from the shooting scene. They get fingerprints, Balfour's fingerprints. They've got the weapon. inside the car when it's recovered they find the shower cap and a 16 ounce Pepsi bottle in the vehicle which would match up with the M.O. for the robberies that have occurred in the different jurisdictions now all in all Police have done really well with the the crime scene and recovering the vehicle. Now, in or about the time they're recovering that car out there on Center Hill Road, Payne shows up at Baptist DeSoto with a gunshot wound to the butt. Now, of course. You show up at an ER with a gunshot wound, the police are to be called, always, even if you're not on high alert for a 
cop killer. But he shows up at the ER for gunshot wound and the other glaring issue that's facing pain is the fact that he's got a handcuff attached to his left wrist. Lieutenant Lance's handcuffs still attached. So South Haven PD makes the scene and obviously Payne is taken into custody. Now they have an issue with Balfour. That 11 page confession they get from her. It makes it through the lower court, the court of record, because they have her trial. She's found guilty of the robberies and guilty of murder, and she's sentenced to death. Now, Payne, he pleads guilty to conspiracy to commit capital murder as an habitual offender. Mississippi gives him 20 years. As far as I know, he's out. Now, Balfour, she appeals her death conviction. She bases it on the fact that they violated her rights when they took her statement because she had asked for an attorney. Now, as it turns out, they did violate her rights. And the Mississippi Supreme Court remanded the case back to the lower court throughout the death penalty told her to give her a new trial without the confession. Now the investigators that had interviewed her were the Soto County Sheriff's Department. I guess they were in a hurry or but it was pretty overwhelming the information that showed that she had wanted an attorney and they wouldn't uh, let her have one and they talked to her knowing that she had requested an attorney. In fact, they had actually went into court and uh, for her arraignment and the judge had asked her about an attorney. She said she wanted one. The judge told the sheriff's department to let her use the phone get an attorney. And they pulled her out of jail and took a statement anyways. So anyways, she, Balfour was, ended up taking a deal. The death penalty was taken off the, taken off as an offer. Now, I don't know if she's gotten out yet or not. I cannot find any information other than last I know of, she was at Central Mississippi Correctional Facility. Now that's down in Rankin County, Mississippi. James William Lance Jr. End of watch. October 7, 1988.